Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you again. It's good, uh, to, good boy, to be back. We've been doing these fresh ones. So yeah. Like the hot off the presses ones. Uh, so I have a question for you. I hope I have an answer. What is, uh, what's something that you have been or currently continue to be afraid of that is perhaps a little silly? Hmm. I mean, perhaps. Or non-traditional, let's say. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not the standard like clowns or the dark or killers. Or yeah. it could be a combination of those in a very, very, very specific <laughs> Killer way. clowns, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, it is generic and it is uh, cliche, but it is front of mind. Because the other day I posted this on Instagram, but I came outside my house and on my front porch, alarmingly close to my front door, was a shedded snakeskin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, nope, no, yeah. no. It is way too close to being in bed with me. Yeah. And like, I don't know, snakes, the whole... Yeah, snake I, genre. I had. The, I'm a snake apologist. I know you are. Uh, this because is because I'm married to a herpetologist, so right. we we like to rhyme in our titles. <laughs> herpetologist and snake apologist. Yeah. As someone, so as snake apologist is what I what basically what that is is my wife knows a whole lot about snakes, and I like my wife, and so I then th- well, assume like I know a lot about snakes too. Nope, I'm just adjacent to someone who knows. I was gonna say, did snakes. you have a love of snakes before? No, I had a, I had an active indifference to snakes before. <laughs> Because uh, I grew up in Iowa, <laughs> I grew up on a farm, and uh, and we had there were lots of snakes around, and so there were lots of garter snakes, and mm-hmm. we tended to um, interact with the garter snake. I wouldn't say play with, but without fear, we yeah. interacted with the garter snakes. But also, I was still of the mind as most of our society is, is that snakes must die, and so I didn't like hurt the garter snakes but when my dog who would kill snakes mm-hmm. like it was we had a cocker spaniel which is a dumb dog to have uh but it was a cocker spaniel that my aunt had gotten from my grandma my grandma was like i don't want a dog and so then we took the dog because uh we lived in a big farm and he was great uh but he was kind of a goofy dog and he would he was just really good it must have been something in the breed yeah. because all of these dogs were like ratters or something like that something in the breed that he was really good at. he would find a snake and he would just grab it and throw it in the air and so you'd just Get see him it. across the field. It was like this. Uh, it looked like he was throwing a stick in the air because mm-hmm. you'd just throw it and just like. And when you throw a snake, it straightens out. Like, <laughs> and it just spin around, and then he'd throw it for a while, and then you realize like, oh, he was killing a snake, yeah. and he would just kill it by breaking its neck. Right. And uh, I've since come to know that snakes are actually very, very good. Snakes mm-hmm. are the bees of the reptile. Family. Yeah, I, I recognize that they serve a vital, of a, a vital purpose. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I would not actively seek to harm. Yeah a snake out of my own fear. Yeah. Uh, but no, thank you. The other one, and it took me a while to get to this, uh, but silly and irrational fear. Did you ever see the snake or it was just, no, the, just the skin. Do I mean, having a snake skin right in front of your door is a little, it's, it's a, creepy. It's, it's disconcerting. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the irrational fear. Yeah. Keeping it in the animal kingdom. I'm afraid of horses. Hey. Yeah. Like they are intimidating. They are. They're just yeah, big. They're very big. Also, they're very, they have, Yes, they do. They're just always snobby. <laughs> They're so snobby. That's exactly right. Yeah. I thought that I was unique in that opinion, but no, no that's, a, that's no. exactly how it a character. They think they're so much better than us, and and boy, they're not. We yeah. can ride you. Well, and, it, and it's yeah, like we can ride you, but truly, 
Anything that animal wanted to do to me. Oh, it could do. It could do. Yeah. And I'd be completely they had a giant head and a tiny little mouth. Yeah. That's also true. So, so weird. They have really soft lips, but then really sharp teeth. Like they, a lot of bad There's things. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, They're very uh, entitled horses. Yeah. <laughs> the ill-fated uh, second Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. and It Jude did okay, Law. didn't it? It did all right. I but didn't it wasn't. see it, but yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I saw the first one. I was like, that's about as much as I have for this kind of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm on board with you, Guy Ritchie. You, you got me on this one, but no more, please. Yeah. But he had a quote in that movie that horses are uh, dangerous at both ends and unpredictable in the middle. <laughs> and that, that has held up. Through the test of time. Yeah. I uh, Unlike horses, though, I am a big fan of donkeys. Like, an actual fan of donkeys. And again, I've inherited this from my wife. My Do wife. you have a poster or something in your uh, room no, but, of uh, donkeys? No, if, but if we lived in a place that allowed it, we would have donkeys. Yeah. Because donkeys are, uh, in every way that a horse personality is really abrasive and off-putting. Yeah. A donkey's personality, ironically, is very charming and sweet. Yeah. They are very loving. They're, I mean, they're, they have an obnoxious noise, but that's not their fault. It's like oh, having a dog with a real high-pitched bark. Like, they can't help it. That's just how they talk. Right. And um, we worked at, at an animal, uh, at Living Treasures. Have you ever heard of Living Treasures? I have it's heard of Living tre- Treasures. It's basically if a petting zoo in a zoo had a baby, it would be this. <laughs> so, that and, doesn't uh, sound safe. Yeah. And uh, uh, there were donkeys there, Sicilian donkeys, which are a little smaller, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're not quite pony size. They may be a little bigger than that, but um, and they were great. And you would so we would go to feed the animals in the morning, and you'd walk down with a trough, and they'd see you coming, and they would uh, get so excited. That, and they before they would bray, before they do the, they would go. <laughs> so it's like like an asthmatic kid who's really working excited, up like, to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it was really like oh, so you try to like feed them before they actually start to break because like, I know you're excited okay yeah and, like rub their heads and they get they're really 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 sweet they're a lot like dogs yeah, yeah. As, as this is a tangent totally on this show no we're focused already. yeah yeah uh, uh, if if I could own an animal as someone who hates mowing the lawn yeah I want a goat oh yeah or at least like one or two I owned a goat growing up yeah yeah and, did it uh, mow the lawn no oh. it pooped Everywhere. <laughs> Our goat was named Holy. Holy uh, goat. Holy goat. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy was. He was a. He was a funny goat. He always. He, we had him in a field that had a house, and he would constantly jump over the fence. <laughs> and it was like a six. Like not a six foot fence, but like a five foot fence, like a normal sized fence. Mm-hmm. He would jump over it, and then run around, and eat stuff. <laughs> they eat everything. Uh, goats one on one are f- are pretty great. Yeah, goats in in mass are not pretty, not so. pretty terrible. I got more frustrated again working in, at the uh, Living Treasures uh, with the herd of goats more than anything else. We did have a goat that I um, it was a goat that had like a he was shorter and he was black and white and he had big horns and a long beard and so he looked like a wizard and so I, I called him Merlin mm. and then we all just started calling him Merlin and he was great because he would just go like that and it sounded exactly like a weird human doing that like you'd be walking around and then you could just hear it in the park just it's like what Merlin this is Merlin and uh, yeah Merlin was a, a weird goat but he was funny but yeah goats as a whole Become very, very stupid. What are your silly fears? My irrational fear 
Um, and it's not, I mean, irrational is not like I, it gives me nightmares, but uh, even to this day, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm afraid of a whole lot of things. And I don't say that in a kind of like macho, like, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of like emotional things. I'm afraid of like people <laughs> not liking me or yeah. like my family being hurt or relationships being in trouble. Like that, those are the kinds of existential fears. Uh, but a physical fear, I'm afraid of geese. Really? Yeah. Huh. And not like geese flying or just geese in a field, but like if I, like I would not mess with a goose. Yeah. Because geese are mean. Oh, they are. They're they, And they'll come at you. And I'm not afraid like, oh no, this is going to kill me, but I don't want to get bit by a goose. Yeah. So I have found that whenever I see a, a lot of geese, and they're always about milling about, pooping all over the world, um, I don't get too close though. Yeah. Because I, we were at... Uh, uh, we were in Los Angeles one time visiting my friend, and we went to Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which really sounds the most Hollywood name for anything. <laughs> but it's like a bunch of famous people were built there, or buried there, and built there, and built there. Uh, like I think we we're seeing. That's like, where we our, got Bieber from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's constructed out of parts of old Hollywood people. <laughs> uh, but uh, and like a bunch of really famous old timey Hollywood people were buried there. And so we saw like Errol Flynn's. Uh, tomb and it was on an island i think it was aeroflame or season beautiful anyway some big famous hollywood person from the 1920s and 30s and uh his his mausoleum was on an island and so we walked on this island and there was only like a man-made island yeah obviously and uh we walked there's this uh a little bridge and then oh, as soon as we got on there oh, all of these this big troop of geese just start parading across the bridge and we're like we're stuck and we're trying to get there and as soon every time we get there they like hiss at us like yeah and they were like giant geese mm-hmm. so not just canadian geese but like the larger slightly larger than canadian geese which you forget they can get bigger than that yeah and it was uh it was really kind of like what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> it was like both ridiculous and uh, and a little scary. So, so, again, I don't know if this brings you comfort. Yeah. Uh, but our good friend Ed Soder. Yeah. Is a waterfowl hunter. Yeah. Uh, and got me into the the fine sport of waterfowl hunting. Uh, and 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 we went out for our first goose hunt, and he's you know telling me about what goose tastes like. Yeah. And well, oily, isn't it? It can be, but there's a recipe I have. I only ever prepare them one way, um, and it's called flying prime rib because goose meat is a good bit closer to, like, steak or red meat than it is to, like, I assume, like, they were chickens. Yeah. The instant I thought they were like duck because duck is like real greasy. Yeah, they're not quite as greasy as duck. Duck, to me, tastes like dark meat turkey. Yeah, I can see that. The real greasy dark meat turkey. I can see that. Which I'm not fan of. But uh, as soon as I learned that those were little flying prime ribs, yeah. I am on a one-man mission to eradicate they're the earth of too. this species. Which is yeah. also like there's too many of them. So yeah. Like they're oh man. They are. They thrive in um, the climate changes, and they thrive in um, the ways that we change the environment. So like golf courses. Oh totally. And the like public. Uh, space. That's why you see geese around all the time. They were talking about it on NPR. It was a really interesting story, which I can't remember the point of. So that's the end of my... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the Canada geese, yeah. they're supposed to migrate. Like, all ducks and yeah. geese are supposed to migrate. And geese are now just kind of... kind of hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Making, and there's this is home now. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm afraid of them. Yeah. The other they're thing taking I over. Had a very specific they're slowly fear. taking over. Yeah. I had a very specific fear of... Uh, oh, I think it was... Anyway. It was, yeah, it was on the uh, John Green... You know the author John Green? No. Uh, he wrote uh, Turtles All the Way Down and uh, 
fought in our stars. And oh yeah, yeah, okay. Paper town and stuff like that. He's really great. He does it. He's got a. He's got so many things. All of his things are great. But there's specifically a thing on um, on YouTube called uh, Crash Course History or Crash Course. Oh man. Yeah. It, it's. Oh, I highly recommend everybody go to go to YouTube right now. Look up Crash Course and learn because it's <laughs> it, they do courses on like history, chemistry, math, all, and it's really exciting. Each video is like 15 minutes. Um, but he also does a thing called the uh, Anthropocene Review, where he reviews something in um, in history and like society, and it's all talking about like the Anthropocene is is the the period that we live in now that humans are kind of in charge of destroying everything and so he'll <laughs> what review, a great time yeah huh? he reviews two things and he gives them a five-star rating so one of them he reviewed canada geese and then like fritos or something like it's always a weird well oh no it's canada geese and, and diet dr pepper mm. and it was great and he's like really like and it's only like 10 minutes and he'll he talked about like how diet dr pepper's so great and how canada geese are really frustrating yes uh, yeah i think he gave them a two-star review like and, and uh uh dr pepper i think cuts four stars out of five um, yeah, the other the other fear that I really had when I was a kid was our garage. <laughs> uh, specifically, we I lived in uh, in uh, Iowa. No, this was oh. in Philadelphia. We oh, lived okay. in uh, Abington, PA, in Glenside, PA, specific uh, to uh, actually just up the road from our friend uh, Ashley from our class oh, yeah. is at uh, Carmel Presbyterian Church, which was literally it's on Edge Hill Road, it's on the same road I lived on. Um, How about that? And uh, we had this big old house. My family liked to get big old houses and then fix them up and it was like a big old like haunted house like it was the classic like hey this family buys a house and they move in and it's haunted <laughs> and um, we had a whole attic that we didn't go in and there were raccoons that lived up there and that, like we kept trying to fix it that we kept catching raccoons like in Neat. like we put out a raccoon trap and we kept catching it and, and boy if you ever want to see an angry animal oh yeah a, a raccoon in a trap and raccoons more boy they can they can be really they're mean. vicious yeah but they're like adorable to watch just doing their raccoon stuff like they're hilarious because they have people hands yeah again go on youtube there's this <laughs> there's this video of raccoon just stealing uh um like marshmallows food. or something yeah like it's, well it's stealing food from uh cats like there's a big <laughs> bowl of cat food and this guy had like put a voiceover over it and it's just the raccoon's like hey how y'all doing hey oh this is pretty good mm, oh it's so good you get this moisture in it like he's like <laughs> dipping it in the water it's, like, it's really really funny uh i'll put a link to that i'll put a link to that in the crash course of this because that video is hilarious um anyway the our garage uh i constantly maybe you only have like once or twice in my life but i feel like it was every single night that we lived there we lived there for about four years that i would have to after dark go put something in the garage like put my bike away or something like that and it was like down our driveway went down a hill it was behind our house uh, and there was a valley behind it so you had to go down to the garage the garage was a separate thing which was this it had an attic in the garage like it was really it seemed like this is where ghosts live yeah and uh six to seven year old tyler was terrified of that space and still in my head that is what i picture when i picture kind of the scariest structure um that is not like a yeah, real life thing, but that I have a kid like fear yeah. of that garage. Oof. Have yeah. you ever been back? Have you like gone back as an adult to uh, see? No, it, 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 uh, there was like a, a multiple murder that happened in the you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't. It was, uh, it's a place that like we, uh, there, there's never been reason to get like it's yeah. kind of out of the way enough that, yeah. And I was, I only have like three memories from there. Like, it's from a weird, it's kind of from and age four of them are from the garage, yeah. It, they're all from the yeah. garage, it's from like age three to age like seven. Mm. So, I mean, I kind of have memories from there, but they're all just like ideas, more yeah. Than anything. yeah. Anyway, I've been, uh, 
I'm Tyler. And I'm Jay. And this is Roughing, Roughing the, the Pastor. afternoon record at afternoon friday we're kind of our whole our whole vibe whole got thrown off got thrown off. yeah we're still trying Which, to catch up thanks to x for stepping up you yeah know, uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah last episode that was yeah he appreciated it it, it was uh and it kind of I, I surprised him with it he, he had asked a long time ago like hey, <laughs> just like throw a microphone in his face like yeah. oh we're gonna talk about stuff no i just uh, we we stayed after church and i said hey do you want to be on the podcast like, yes i got <laughs> super excited Nice. Uh, so uh, that was hopefully that uh, held you over a little bit. Um, I w- hope we might be release this one today because it's a, a morning record, depending Whoa, on how many mistakes fresh. we do. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so um, uh, yeah, so morning record. It's nine thirty in the morning. We usually mm. are recording uh, in the afternoon. Both yeah. of us have. I have coffee. You don't have coffee. You're drinking. I got coffee. Oh, that's that's coffee. Yeah, it's a penguin's oh, coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. I only put pop in Tervises. So oh, really? The idea of coffee in a Tervis. I only put coffee in Tervises. Oh, well, hey now. Wow. You're an all star. We're also both wearing yellow sweatshirts because fall is here. Yeah, and praise we're from God. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, fall is here. It feels delightful in the studio oh, today. This it. is the one time we're both wearing sweatshirts, mm-hmm. and it still feels delightful in the studio. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we have some themes for, for we, we actually have done something we've never done in this podcast and actually plan out <laughs> what we're going to do. <laughs> so we kind of have mapped out the rest of the year. Yeah. Like we have, which is, I mean, that sounds more impressive than it is. It's really just two months, yeah. three, three months, I guess. Um, well, let's be clear. We, we have stated topics, which obviously up till now we are want to avoid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> actually speaking about the topic. Yeah. So. And, and so we have, and we're not going to tell you what they are. We'll kind of give you a basic overview. Well, I mean, we said this also in the, I mean, we've got, so we're going to be dealing with some Halloween themes mm-hmm. for the next uh, several weeks. Yes. Uh, and then we are getting into, um, there's there's some special things coming up, but we're going to then be leading up to the the last of the Star Wars, of yes. the Skywalker saga. Yes. Um, and so to lead into that, our, our often, we've threatened many times to do some Star Wars episodes, and we're really going to hit you with the Star Wars episodes. And again, as with all of these things, if you're not a fan of Star Wars, we hope we will try to be as engaging as we can to the non-Star Wars fan as well. So we'll bring you into this. So don't we don't want to tell you about that. So you're like, Ugh, I'm going to skip those ones. Please don't skip them. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make, make them, them good for We'll make them entertaining. Yeah. Except for I started confirmation this weekend. Yeah. And one of my confirmation kids tried to convince me that the prequels oh were goodness. better than uh, well, the current yeah, trilogy. We, we don't want to spoil uh, our, what our feelings are. This, but I don't know how to break him down any more than i already have because oh that's just a terrible opinion yeah that is that's the that is i mean I, I, to say that someone's opinion is wrong is a strong statement but that is that's just wrong. wrong that's wrong and then we'll yeah. get into obviously the the christmas season we'll have some christmas stuff coming at you um holiday themed um things and then we've got we got a whole lineup coming so it's very exciting. So, uh, one of the biggest things about this season. So, we're, uh, we're going to talk about Halloween later. 
Uh, but first, uh, just in general, because we're not at Halloween. Halloween no, is still several weeks away. Um, this is a month because of all the Halloween stuff that we really kind of wrestle with the idea of fear mm-hmm. and the idea of being afraid. And fear is such a weird thing because we like it. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, like. Yeah, in doses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if you're like, I don't like scary movies, you may like roller coasters. Right. And roller coasters are exciting because of speed, but also because of the perception that it's not safe. Yeah. And the less safe, uh, I, um, despite many, um, <laughs> many signs advising me to the otherwise, <laughs> I stand up on roller coasters. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, specifically the roller coasters at Kettywood, the wooden coasters, the the Thunderbolt more than anything, uh, because I will ride in the back, and the Thunderbolt is an old wooden coaster. It's a great, great coaster. Great. And there is just enough of a lip that you can hook your feet on the floor. And so I'll hook my feet, and whenever I'm going down the hills. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not I'm standing up the whole coaster, because I don't want to get kicked out of the park. But two, whenever you go down the hills, I just, as much as I can, so I lock my feet, and then... Up like, you go. Hands up. Try to get as straight as I can. And I'm pretty much st- standing up on the coasters going down and screaming like an idiot. And uh, If this is what kills you, yeah. can I play this recording at Absolutely. your funeral? Okay. Oh, if I die from falling off of a roller coaster, yeah. I mean, that's probably not going to be a peaceful death, but it'll be an interesting <laughs> one. And wouldn't it be fitting, those of you who know me, to be like, how did Tyler die? Oh, he fell off a roller coaster. He's going to die the way he lived. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> the dumbest way possible. Uh, yeah, but so even with, I mean, there, there is that sense of uh, of fear in a lot of the things that we do, just the elements of fear. We like mm-hmm. going fast. We like, um, yeah, and it's not just fear of uh, death or violence or things like that that happened in, in movies or, or things like that, but just this sense of um, it's pushing on a bruise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this interesting theory around why we want to be f- afraid, why we willingly seek out fear like roller coasters and scary movies and things like that. Cause fear is ultimately just an evolutionary response, right? Yeah, like yeah. flight or flight. Yeah. Um, if you're out in the woods and there's a bigger, scarier animal, you either need to beat it up or if you're me run away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I was thinking about like, why do we pay money to go see scary movies or yeah. go to amusement parks? And I think it's cause we lead boring lives. Yeah. Like that's, that's the longest word of it. Like we are actually meant to crave adventure and excitement and situations that might be dangerous i think that that's true and i think that we we, yeah we're utterly safe but Mm -hmm. there's something in our brain that feels like we're not supposed to be safe right so it's not even just um oh my life is a drudgery and how do i throw myself like it's not i i hurt myself to see if i can still feel right no no no. to be the nihilist nine inch nails kind of thing (laughs) uh but it's that sense of like I think that there there is something psychologically we still have that lizard brain in us yeah and we know that security is not um, permanent right and so the more secure we get the more uncomfortable we feel because we there's part of our brain that's still t- the survival instinct does that says don't yeah don't get too comfortable something bad's gonna happen and we have turned that into neuroses like anxiety and fear of relationship. I mean, like I said early on, my biggest fears are, are all of those existential relational fears. Yeah. I fear that the people I love will be hurt or that 
the people who the relationships I have will fall apart. Like that to me is the scariest thing that a horror movie that would get cut to the core of me is a, like a breakup movie or something (laughs) like that. Well, that's, you know, you haven't known fear until you have kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. You'll, you'll turn to a whole new. Well, and it's a new color of fear. Like, so it's that, uh, and because I, I agree with that statement and, but at the same time, whenever we make statements like that, we can say like, if you once you have kids, you'll understand the world as it's totally truly meant to be understood. And yeah. and you'll yes, but it's not to say that having kids is the purpose of life. No, no, no. Uh, for those of you who don't have kids or who can't have kids or things like that, there's any number of ways in which yeah. not having kids would be yeah better and easier. But but the care that you have for this because you have this responsibility for this life in a way that you that you you feel in small ways to like siblings or parents or relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a kid, the best thing about it, I mean, like the best instinctual thing is that you have this innate desire to protect this child yeah. for, against all things, not just physically, but emotionally. And right. that's where it gets really complicated. So hard. Yeah. The bullying and stuff like that. Like, I, the stuff you can't defend. Like you can't beat up another little kid because they're mean to your Well, your you kid. can. But like, yeah. no, you can't. <laughs> Physically, I mean, like it's a possibility, but yeah. you're not allowed to do that. I uh, th- this is a bit personal, but I'm alright with it. Um, Sarah and I struggled for a while to get pregnant, and then our first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage, mm. um, and that was easily one of the darkest times ever. Yeah. Um. So the whole second pregnancy, which wound up to be the twins, yeah, that was nine months of just nerve wracking. Oh my gosh, is it going to happen again? Yeah. And then it never went away because yeah. like, it's always just like they're, they're stronger than they, you know, tiny little infant, but yeah, you're always in that mode of like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to them next? Yeah. Well, and there's the normal thing that, uh, um, having had a different experience, you still have this fear once they're born of anything hurting yeah. them. I can't imagine having the fear that starts from the moment the pregnancy starts of, these are these are fragile lives that may not be here. Yeah. So I need to prepare myself for that. like that's not going to go away because you even in my situation where we did not have that that same scenario, you still have that fear once yeah. they're born of like, oh, no, the world is all pointy. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, Whoever let us do this? Yeah, stuff? I, yeah, I can't imagine having been primed with that fear before they're even yeah. out of the womb. And you have to you have to really check it because I don't want my kids to be afraid of everything. Yeah. Um, or to not experience life because you're afraid that like, well, don't do that. Like if you're constantly telling them about how the world can hurt them. Right. You're going to create some neurotic kids. Right. And that's, I have that tendency. Like there are times I'll be like, don't ride your bike that fast. Yeah. No, let them go. Let them go. They got to get hurt. Yeah. Like that's- You got to fall down sometimes because you're going to fall down eventually. I think that's, that's the hardest thing uh, of being a parent is you don't want your kids to be hurt, but there's a point at which you can't protect them anymore. Right. And so you kind of do need to let them get hurt in a controlled way. Yeah. Uh, which sounds weird and yeah. wrong. Like masochistic, yeah. yeah. Like it's a, everybody's got to fall down. Like learning how to walk is a great example. Mm-hmm. You can't learn how to walk without falling down. And as a parent, there's a point at which you create a safe space where they can tumble, uh, but yep. it's not near the coffee table or near the fireplace or right. things where they're going to really crack their head. Um, but you also don't bubble, you bubble wrap your house, right? No, like you, yeah. you, there's there, you got to play with live ammo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did uh, the minimal things of like we had um, in our house when we had the most tiny babies, which in North Carolina, um, we had a, a an open like a fireplace that had a brick um, mm-hmm. 
uh, like a ledge ledge to it and we just covered that with a blanket yeah in a way that that actually just looked like a normal thing to do like it didn't look like baby proof like it wasn't like we put those like rubber edges on everything right um it just that was the one thing we did because if you fall you any human would would really hurt their face if they bumped it on that yeah whereas like if you bump it on the coffee table you're just kind of gonna get like a like a, a lump on your head this yeah. one would like could knock out some teeth that's a hospital visit yeah Yeah. so just putting this we had this big comforter we just folded it up and put it on there and actually made it very comfortable to sit on like it was actually we should have done that before yeah speaking of uh, this is a tangent but you know i'm just it's on front of mind yeah speaking of falling on your face yeah have you seen jimmy carter this week no jimmy carter former president of the united United states States. who's 95 years old founder of uh, habitat for humanity right yeah that's relevant I the, most, the literal most Christian president we've ever had. Oh, easy. He Without question. School. How, how do we know? I'll tell you the story. I think it was Sunday. He's pretty Sunday, great. He fell and hit his head Yeah. and needed like 14 stitches. What did the doctor say? No more monkeys jumping on the bed? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then yesterday, Tuesday, 14 stitches, he's out building a house for Habitat. Like not like- He's a machine, that guy. Not like ceremonial- He had brain cancer and he yeah. still taught Sunday school. Yeah. This guy- this guy yeah i don't i uh, he's a great example of what would uh, uh, uh this is the historian tyler hi i'm tyler i'm a historian <laughs> uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna come i in can't wait special, to hear the theme music you pick for that special guest That's yeah it. this is wait <laughs> i actually gonna introduce okay so we have actually a guest who's gonna come in i'm gonna step away from the mic for a second i want you to come up and introduce yourself hi my name is tyler i was a history teacher for four years i was a history major i, I look at life from a historical perspective um, I don't have any degrees in history outside of my bachelor's, but uh, <laughs> but I like history. Um, the uh, as you look at someone like Jimmy Carter, you recognize that he was president for four years, one time yeah. president, um, in between Ford and Car- uh, Reagan. Yeah. So Ford, who was the only president who was never elected to yeah. any executive branch. fun fact, he was not elected vice president because Spiro Agnew was the president and got basically kicked out because he was a terrible person. Boom, and then Ford came in and then Nixon resigned and Ford became the president and then he ran again and he lost. Um, but uh, the it makes you look at the way the circumstances of the world while you're president dictate the kind of president you are. Oh, 100%. But there are no presidents currently up to in our history and president. Who <laughs> There's have only gone one in, currently. There but there are no presidents the moment. Who, who've gone in specifically to start a war. The closest was James K. Polk, but like uh, he like he went in and he made some bad stuff happen. He was he was a real terrible person and just said, "I'm going to do this." And he did it and he's like, "No, I'm not going to be president anymore." <laughs> Well, like, good luck gonna, with that. I'm going to claim territory from Canada <laughs> and Mexico, or no, from from Canada, and he did it. And then he's like, oh, "I'm going to take over Mexico too." So, um, but uh, um, uh, the 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 you figure out there are a lot of presidents who are presidents during peacetime, and nothing really happens. They become become nothing presidents. There are presidents who uh, inherit a recession and then mm-hmm. have to deal with that for eight years. Uh, there are presidents who inherit. Um, a, a good economy and then have to deal with that. There are presidents that have a terrorist attack that happens at the beginning of their presidency and yeah. that defines them. Um, and uh, uh, Reagan was dealing with a couple things that everyone leading up to him had to deal with. He dealt with an energy crisis and he dealt with a terrorist um, uh, where there were hostages yeah. for 444 days. Carter. Yeah, Carter. Yeah. Yeah, who did I say? Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. yeah. Reagan didn't deal with any of that. And so Carter's stuff was so focused on that. And and this is not to say Carter was a great president. 
we don't really know what kind of yeah, president right. Carter He'd would be. Got he had to manage these things, and he probably made some mistakes in how he managed them. But there was no game plan for how to do like gas was over four dollars a gallon in 1978. Yeah, that's a problem. Which it's not currently over four. It was over four dollars <laughs> a gallon in 2005. Right. Um, because it was terrible. Because I was having to commute a lot, and it was untenable. <laughs> you noticed for us. every yeah. cent yeah. of oh, those four dollars. Um. And so the, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Tyler, the historian, stepping up. Well, I just, it's interesting to know that like a good president and bad. It's not as easy to just categorize good presidents and bad presidents because they have to respond to the the times that they are in. Behold, as I somehow make this relevant, do it. Uh, I what I appreciate about Carter, and I've seen interviews after. Obviously, I wasn't alive for the hostages in Iran and things like that. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was one year old. But like in interviews I've seen since, he was like, "That was the right thing to do." Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to lose the election over. Yeah, he it. didn't campaign really that much because of the the he was he was negotiating the hostage stuff. Right. He was like, you know what? It was the right thing to do, and I don't care if I'm afraid I might lose the election or I'm afraid that this bad consequence will come for me personally. Like, this is the right thing to do, and I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's you and know they released the hostages on the day of the inauguration just to stick it to a him. jerk. And move. then Reagan took credit for it. It's like, look already what I've done. Yeah. It's like, all right, man. But like, and I think that's a different kind of fear that that gets pointed out too. That you know, there's like fear of snakes or fear of horses or, yeah. or, or things that can hurt you. Um, but I think there's also this kind of fear around decision making. Yeah. Of like, what if I blow it? What yeah. if I make the wrong call? What if this and hurts fear me? Fear of legacy. Yeah. We all have a fear of legacy on a level that most of us live lives that aren't really going to have a huge legacy. Right. And that's not to make you feel bad, but. No, I, I, I can't. Cares. I can't imagine anybody's gonna remember who I am. Fifty. Yeah, years, I mean, you'll you have know? an impact on your family. You'll have an impact on on a certain sphere. So we all leave a legacy that's that's kind of small. But like to tarnish one's name, you really got to do some bad stuff to to tarnish your name or do things like that. Like I think a lot of times we are we're far more concerned about the impact that like we want to make a difference, but not. I mean, more of it we want to have the tweet that gets mm-hmm. retweeted a thousand times or have a YouTube page that has a million subscribers. Like we, we want to have legacies that are, that happen while we're still alive and that actually don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like those guys. And that's not to say you kids and you're all, you're bad. Like this is all of us. All of us want to be, um, noticed right now for something that, that we can still be humble, but get a lot of attention for yeah. in a sense. Uh, and that that fear of not being important can really paralyze you. Yeah. And uh, especially the more we have. Uh, and, and, well, man, one of the biggest fears that we have. Oh, this is probably the prime fear in our society right now. Hit me with it. Is a little thing called the fear of missing out. Oh, my gosh. FOMO. Oh, yeah. man. I, and I can resonate with this because as someone who... Um, it really likes the like being with people, especially the people I really like and likes doing things. The uh, and this is amplified by social media. Yep. Um, and this is not a rant against social media. There's some good things about it. Um, but the, one of the things is when I was growing up as a kid, um, if on Friday night there are people doing things that I wasn't part of, I wasn't invited to, or wasn't able to go to, I heard about it on Monday. Yeah. And then that was it. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, oh, man, on Monday night, everybody went and had a sleepover at so-and-so's house. And it was crazy. 
and that was it. Yeah. Like that, or like, or maybe it'll run into Tuesday, but it kind of like gets over. Whereas now, if you are, if something is happening, if all of your friends go to a movie without you, yeah. you not only know about it in real time, you'll see pictures of it. Yep. You'll see videos of it. You'll see snaps of it. Like you'll see all, you know, not only that you're not involved, but every detail of everything that happened. And that is more than psychologically we are able to handle. Yeah. And it, it's not to say like, oh, get over it. It doesn't matter. Like that's easy for old people to say because old people don't don't snap their whole evening and right. th- when they're doing stuff with with the the crew, uh, like it's it's a thing that's a bigger deal than we make it out to be. And sure. I think that that we have again this sense of security. Part I mean goes back to our normal kind of um, hunter gatherer brains that we want to have that security in community. Yeah. And so you want to feel safe in the community that you have formed. I want to have a, so, a, a herd. Yeah. You know? And so the herd that you have in school, the friends that you surround yourself, you f- you want to be able to trust and trust that you are important in that group. Right. So not only that they will support you, but that you have a vital role. And so if there, if a new friend comes in who takes over your role and now that's the funny kid or yeah. that's the, the kid who knows all about music or that's the one who like is the most stylish or something like that. Um, it can feel like a threat. Yeah. And when they do things without you, it is a threat to that sense of feeling included and, and belonging. Right. And so it becomes this real existential fear. Well, and fear, I mean, behind almost every fear, I think, I'm going to throw out this blanket statement that I haven't fact-checked at all, is some sort of pain, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm afraid of snakes because they could bite me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm afraid of horses because they could kick me. Yeah. I'm afraid of missing out because knowing that my friends have left me for an evening hurts. Yeah. Um, well, and even the the biggest fear, the biggest suffering of fear is the fear, um, the anticipation. Yeah. Um, so we get uh, the suffering of Christ that happens in the passion story, in the Easter story. It doesn't start when he gets whipped after uh-huh. he is arrested. It starts, and I love that. Uh, I love slash. I mean, it's sad, but yeah. Uh, the most human thing about that story is that the suffering starts happening in the garden. Yep. When Jesus is, he says to his friends, "I'm, I am really. I'm not worried. in a good spot. I am not okay. Can you please stay up with me and yeah. pray with me? Now, it's in the middle of the night. They've been eating and drinking a big. Anybody who know. has been yeah. on a lock-in knows. Yeah, and they don't know what's because they're idiots. Like they, he's been telling them, "Hey, I'm gonna die," but they don't know what's going on. They're right. they're, they're all just doofies, and uh, they're us. And they're like, "Yeah, sure, we'll hang out here, right?" And he, yeah, he starts praying. They fall asleep, and he wakes up. And so that first, the first suffering is this sense that my friends are not supporting yeah. me. My friends, my friends aren't aren't they don't understand me and they don't care for me in the same way yeah and then uh i think it's in matthew where he actually starts he prays to god to say if there's anything else we can i mean he, he does this in more than just matthew he says if there's any any other way to do this yeah please can let's we do, do it? let's do anything else but he then reiterates but whatever your will is i will do like so i'm i'm on board with what you want to do but please anything else yeah and then in matthew he starts to sweat blood yeah which is 
gross. Yeah. But and whether or not he literally sweats blood or that's just a, a literary device, it's it's showing Either way, it shows how the, agonizing it, this is yeah. for him. And that's it's a part of the story that doesn't get spoken about nearly enough. Yeah. The, the garden. And, and that's and, the truest suffering. Like that's and I can see this in my my son, especially no kid, I think, like shots. I'm not sure. Weirdo. Yeah. Uh, my kids especially do not like shots. My, my, oldest, hate my oldest hates them. And every time we go, we just had the checkup because we had the, every the annual checkup. Uh, and they have to get flu shots every year now. But they they kind of said like he's done with the boosters until twelve, and so he like he, that's he hangs his hat on that. He's like no more shots until twelve, and they're always like, well the flu shot. He's like, Ugh. yeah. And he's like, okay, but just the flu shot, and he's like ready for it. And we came in, the doctor's like, actually they he's probably old enough for the HPV um, thing because they give it to everybody now. And it's, Whammo! It's, it's like I mean, we could wait until next year, but it's actually better if you do it now. He's old enough and like he's big enough, and so we're like, buddy. Uh, we're gonna do two shots. He's like, right. like he was just not ready for that. He had like kind of held it together for one. Like yeah. you want a happy face, but just I mean, a shot is the best example. Is that the thing that about the shot that's terrible is not the actual shot. No, it's the anticipation. It's the anticipation because the sh- it does not feel good, but it's it's two seconds of not feeling good. A bunch but, of years ago, like a long time ago, yeah. When Sarah and I were first getting married, I signed up for a life insurance policy, um, and they have to come and like give you a physical yeah um with like the insurance companies doctors or whatever and they had to take blood and i I, i'm with your kids i can't stand needles i had a lot of doctor stuff when i was a kid um so like needles were a big part of my life for a long time and i hate it how was the tattoo then for you different yeah and again this this is to the point that yeah. it's it's a mental thing because like i you never see the needle jason you don't tattoo. know this he's got a face tattoo if you've never seen yeah. him it's like a it's not quite the think mike, mike tyson. tyson but bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. bigger yeah. and more <laughs> colorful intricate yeah, yeah. there's yeah. lots of color on yeah it. yeah but it's uh you can't see it unless he shaves his head because he, it's like a right. little further back right but and the, it's ultraviolet so the light has to hit it just right hair's <laughs> cropped real tight you can see it, <laughs> it covers most of his head uh, i can't see the needle in the tattoo gun oh yeah yeah so the mental thing is just not gotcha so it also it, feels very different. It is. Yeah. It's it's like somebody just scratching a pen on you. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting and it's a feeling that you're like, oh, that's all it is. It's yeah. Like it's dangerous after that because you're like, I can get all of them now. No all kidding. the tattoos, please. But anyway, so this doctor comes to my house to do this physical, and I know he's going to draw blood, and he starts with doing like height, weight, and he has blood pressure. Yeah. And he goes, that's really high. Oh no. It was something like I, I don't I don't remember the numbers, but it was like super high. Yeah. And, and you're like mid twenties, early, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, and young enough to not have you shouldn't have high blood pressure at all. Yeah. Um, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Well, I'm really scared of needles." And like, he was like, "Okay." So he finishes the exam, walks me through giving the blood, and I do it, and it's terrible and it's awful. And then it's over, and we're sitting around. And he's you know asking me like the questions like, "Do you take drugs? Do you whatever?" Yeah. And he stops halfway through, and he's like, "Can I take your blood pressure again?" And he does, and it's perfect, one twenty over eighty. Nice. And he's like. You really you, hate needles. You really hate needles. Like it's a physiological <laughs> yeah, response yeah. that I was totally out of control of. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. Um, but again. The, so for the, me, if the, it would have been like, uh, okay, so we're going to do this. We're, we'll take your blood pressure. We'll do this. And then a goose is going to come in. Uh, right. And uh, you're going to have to touch it on the head. Uh, <laughs> you have to put its, your finger in its mouth. Yeah, you have to, uh, on its nose. Like yeah. not in its mouth, but like right on the tip of its bill. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting again and that's you know the people that are like well i just control my fears i just you know like some of it is just inborn yeah you can't do anything about it and also some of it like i just control my fears because the things that you're afraid of are not the typical things that like 
the people who are like, oh, I'm not afraid of stuff. Like when I said I'm not afraid of very much, I'm not really afraid. There's not a whole lot of things that right. really scare me except for losing people. Yeah. I'm really scared of that um, on a level that I think is healthy, but it's really like that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really afraid of dying. Right. Uh, like in a way that uh, it's not unhealthy, but I, I think it's healthy. But I really, I'm not that afraid of dying. Like, I mean, I, it's it's stand up on roller coasters. Unhealthy. It is stand up on roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that level of yeah, unhealthy. Uh, the uh, but that that I think that the people who are are not afraid of the typical things, the people who go to uh, like a haunted house and just like steal their way through it, um, they're afraid of Something. lots of other things. Yeah. Well, fear, that's... fear, fear is also just the, it's it's covering something a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and it's it's that it's it's the sense of you don't want to lose something. Yeah. And uh, either you don't want to lose this image that you have created for yourself. A lot of times, fear is fear of getting made fun of. Uh, you don't want to lose these friends that you have put around this community that you've done. You don't want to lose the sense of security. You don't want to lose uh, physical well being. Uh, it's it's fear of loss and which is a real um it's a very human thing yeah. and and it's well represented in in scripture like so, there's so much so much of the psalms are oh my gosh i really hope this doesn't happen god <laughs> right yeah and that's you know i uh, i stand against proof texts and like single lines out of context yeah but anytime i think about fear i think about in first john perfect love casts out fear yeah oh yeah first um, john such a great book I oh highly man if you're struggling with the Bible, uh, or just have never really read the Bible. It's a uh, great place to read start. Read first John. So this is not the first chapter of the gospel of John. Right. There are at the very end of the Bible, right before, so there's revelation. Uh, then there, uh, if you go backwards, there's revelation. Then there's a tiny book called Jude. Mm-hmm. Then there are three books right in a row. First, second, third John. So yeah. it just says one John, two John, three John. And uh, third John's like a single paragraph. Yeah. Like it's tiny. Read first John. One, it is written so in very good. simple, like cat in the hat, like uh, language. Yeah, uh, and it's so good. And First John three sixteen is so great, where uh, uh, the greatest love um, you have, or uh, it's just great. The whole the whole thing is great, yeah. and it's really it's it's a great uh, way to understand who God is and and what the purpose of it. Yeah. And th- things like perfect love casts out all fear. Like we just need that. Yeah, and it it, it holds up right. Like yeah. fear of loss is ultimately. Um, kind of a theology of scarcity, yeah. right? I have this thing that could go away. Yeah. Um, and God's perfect love is like, no, it's yeah. abundance. Yeah. Like, and the fear of missing out comes from that fear of the love that our friends have for us is not mm-hmm. perfect. That that we are all flawed. Yeah. Or the fear of, I mean, losing a relationship that that none of us are, are perfect. We will all fail each other. That doesn't mean that everything will end in disaster, but that nothing will be perfect. Right. You will. If you're in a relationship, the person you're in a relationship is going to make mistakes because they're human that will hurt you. Yeah. And you will make mistakes that hurt them. Totally. Your kids will fail you and you will fail them as a parent. So many uh, times. Your parents fail you. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. That doesn't mean right. that they're that they're terrible. It's just they're broken people. You'll yeah. fail your parents. Like we, the, the answer to life, uh, to being happy is not other people. No. Uh, because we will fail each other. Now we need to be together and right. we need to live together in love and we need to give each other that grace where we recognize that we're all going to make mistakes, but you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Like I think a lot of times people have a fear of relationships because they've been hurt by relationships and they don't want to get into another one because they're going to get hurt. The same way you have a fear of going to the doctor to get shots. Yeah. You're going to get more shots, but those shots are actually really helpful for you. Yeah. 
the the one other thing I wanted to talk about, which maybe uh, maybe there's a can of worms. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, scared of that too. From a biblical standpoint, also, how often you're getting cans of worms? I think, I think it was like a bag big, of worms. I think it was a bigger deal back in the the day. Yeah, that's you know? true. When a can-based society. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Bible is constantly talking, and I want to know Jason Fryer's impression of this. Huh. So this is. Uh, let me ask. Uh, 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 I'm gonna. I'm gonna excuse uh, Jay Fryer. Yes. Uh, and I would me. ask the the Reverend Fryer mm-hmm. Fryer mm, yes. uh, to come in. Uh, uh, hey, Re- Reverend Fryer Fryer, uh, <laughs> please tell. Why does the Bible is always talking about how we should be afraid of God? Oh man. Uh, so are we, sh- is, is God angry? Is he going to kill us? Why, why should I be scared of God? No, God Bible, is not. The Bible says fear God quite, it, quite a many a times. Lot. Okay. And, and particularly in the old Testament, though, not exclusively, um, not exclusively. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Paul talks about it a little bit too. My, the best explanation that I Reverend Friar Friar got of this. Um, and I, I haven't, I don't think experienced it fully. Um, but I remember, in New York City, there are a couple of cathedrals. New York City, yeah, there are a couple of cathedrals there that are like just yeah. massive towers, and the real ones are in Europe. Is why I say I haven't had a full experience of this. Um, but there are cathedrals that, when you walk in, the whole structure is meant to make you look up, like it's just huge and ungodly and like just unbelievably, but very godly, but very godly, yeah, ironically. Um, and when I enter into a space like that it always sort of like catches my breath a little bit like oh my gosh and it i fear is the best word i can come up with for it yeah. it's not like i'm afraid of the building yeah, yeah. um but it's such a reverence for something bigger than myself when there's something oh man i had a, a that was a good one <laughs> do you okay do you need I think so. there's a demon coming out of me <laughs> uh i hope that picked up on the, I on do the too. audio that was great um uh, it's something about those spaces where you walk and you feel, even if you don't care, even if you're like, eh, yeah, what about this? But you just feel the need to whisper. Yeah. Right. You're just automatically like, oh man, this place is huge. Yeah. Like, it's, which is a huge place. You would think you'd need to yell, yeah, but like, like, Hey everybody. But they're uh, also incredibly resonant. So, so part of that is you don't want to, you, you still want secrets, but it does feel like, oh, we're, even if you're there by yourself, you yeah. feel like I, I, um, I yeah. be quiet. In this place. And it's, it's, it's not a bit unlike, um, Moses at the burning bush when the the response is take off your sandals. Yeah. Um it, it's it's a sense of something so much bigger than you. Yeah. Um that reverence comes. And and you know, when I say that people are always like, "Well, reverence is a better word." It's like, "No, that doesn't quite cut it no, either." No, yeah. Um it, it's I don't know. It, it fear is the best word. And again, it's not like fear as in God's going to get you. Yeah. It it's when you approach this being that is so infinitely bigger uh, than than me and anything that I've got to to put up as a frame of reference, I don't know. Again, it's that feeling. And again, in a, a cathedral, it's only a minute or two. I think with God, it's a little bit longer. But like, it just takes your breath away. Um, it literally stops the air from flowing in my lungs a little bit. I just want to like, stop for a second and recognize the fact that Jimmy Dykstra, who's listening to this right now, is singing "Take My Breath Away" from Top Gun in his head. <laughs> There you Take go, Jimmy. I know what you're thinking. Away. Okay. You're welcome, yeah. Jimmy. Oh, boy. Uh, I think that the, the part of why we struggle with that, too, is that we have associated fear with, with people who actively want to hurt us. Right. Well, it's that fear tied to pain thing. Yeah. And it's not just fear of, like, life is pain, but fear of, like, things that want to hurt us. Yeah. Monsters, dogs, 
the dark <laughs> like yeah. killers um why it's such a powerful emotion um that pl- like politics is based on fear oh like we there's so much really? right now you think? <laughs> yeah who'd have thought uh and so it's interesting in a podcast talking about fear like we ha- really haven't spent much time talking about like the typical things that we did at the very beginning of like right. i'm afraid of snakes i'm afraid of this like that uh afraid of the dark my garage um that really the the most palpable fear that we have is a loss of comfort yeah and um and yet when we see the word fear we still see it as someone who actively wants to hurt us um that's like so many Fear of the other has been used in politics. So like, much. It's, I mean, right now it's it's we're in a heyday of it, but it has also been used, uh, real like throughout the history of everything. Oh, yeah. Like it, this is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's in high gear right now. Like it's the main card that they're playing, uh, that that people are playing, and um, and it's a it's a toxic thing because it it causes us to view people as enemies and causes us to operate of a sense like fear leads to anger anger, anger leads, leads to, to hate hate, hate, hate leads, leads to, to suffering, suffering. <laughs> that's so wise that's for that kid who <laughs> who's in your youth group who, yeah who, who really thinks that was a better movie uh, uh i did not try to do that and but i did no, as soon happened. as i started saying it, it's right yeah i almost went into well, the yoda voice well that's right i, I mean uh, this is another current event example because this episode might come out today. Yeah, it will. Um, Sunday, uh, Ellen DeGeneres sat in a luxury box at the Dallas Cowboys yeah. game. With Michelle w- Obama's best friend. With George Bush. Yeah. And Twitter, which I'm I'm this close to leaving Twitter. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a garbage fire. It's, it's an alternate reality. Yeah, it really is. Um, Twitter went crazy, particularly liberals going, hey- he opposes LGBTQ rights and, and, and things of that nature. Why are you sitting with him? Yeah. And my first thought to that reaction was, wow, we just like to be angry now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the byproduct of a culture built on fear Did from you the see leaders her response? on now. Oh, yeah. It was so great. Beautiful. So Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres is the best of us. I got to say it right there. She's, so she's true. the tops right yeah. there. I that's think that's, the we nailed it. With, pinnacle with her, of human achievement. It's her than Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Oh, we should get the two of them together. Yeah. yeah. And then right under that is uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, I think, you know, obviously I think it was just a football game. Yeah. At its, oh, yeah. At its best, it could have been an opportunity for reconciliation, learning, growing yeah. uh, between two people of different opinions on life. But we don't want either of those things. No. We just want to be mad. Well, and, and especially if we if we are so invested in being opposed to the other the people who are on our side better also be opposed that when you find out, I mean, even just a simple thing of like, if you hate a band, if you hate Nickelback and I do, and boy, you should, (laughs) but if you hate Nickelback and then you find out that someone that you really love and respect, and especially who has like great taste in music or something like Mm -hmm. that, if they're like, no, Nickelback's a great band. Uh, you, you're like, what? Oh, here's a, there's a, so, uh, do you know the band, um, Wilco? Yes. So Wilco is the most hipster band. So true. In the sense that if you haven't heard of them, we're really happy that you haven't. Like that. <laughs> so Wilco, Wilco was a band. They, they were kind of bigger in the in the first century of the aughts of yeah. the two thousand. Uh, but still, they were never huge. They were like always a a, a hipster band. Um, 
there was this guy, Chuck Klosterman, who was a, a rock writer, wrote for like Spin and stuff like that, was interviewing Jeff Tweedy, who is the lead singer of Wilco. And this was in their prime. Which is a great name for a hipster and band. Jeff, Jeff Tweedy. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And Wilco is the most hipster name. And yeah. they're like alt country kind of. Like yeah. it's a weird, they were, they were an interesting band. Uh, they're, I mean, it's still good, but even now their music is like just a hair inaccessible. You listen to it like, this is good. But is it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's going on here? Why is, why is everybody, like, it's the kind of thing that everybody, I feel like everybody at the concert just kind of looking around is like, we all like this, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Yeah. This is pretty great. We all agree. Yeah. yeah this okay. is, I, I don't Why is this amazing? But it is, right? Anyway. Uh, so Jeff Klosterman is interviewing Jeff Tweedy. Uh, Chuck Klosterman is inter- interviewing Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy is talking about how he has a son who's ten years old, he's, uh, and he's like, and uh, Klosterman's like, "So is your son like, is he going to be a rock star just like his dad?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's actually uh, he's in a he has a cover band with his friends, and they only sing songs by the band Jet." And you remember Jet? Yeah, yeah. So Jet, are you going to be my girl? Are you going to be my girl? Yeah. Like, ding, 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 ding. One, two, three, take my hand and come with me because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. And they were like, at the time, like, so it was super popular. If you don't know Jet, because again, they're kind of a one hit wonder. They had a, uh, another song too. They, they had like a two hit wonder, but they were like an alternative radio station yeah. kind of band. But they were very like Maroon 5 ish in terms of a rock band, but like too kind popular. Of, yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, he said, yeah, my son's in a in a jet cover band again remember that jeff tweedy at the time is like the pinnacle of hipster rock and chuck klosterman's like oh that must be terrible and jeff tweedy says why don't you like rock music yeah and it's uh, the uh, klosterman has to be like i did have to admit i do like rock music and jet just plays straight up rock music so there's no reason for me to not like jet except for the fact that we're all we all hipsters have just agreed Nobody likes Jet, right? Like yeah. Jet is not cool. Like there is somewhere too mainstream rock. There is somewhere a, a hipster constitution, yeah. and there are things that are not allowed. Yeah, um, and bands can trans and so like Green Day is not a band that you're supposed to like if right. you're a hipster band thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that even that fear of like fear of not being cool enough, right? And that we struggle. When someone we like, like when Jeff Tweedy says that the band Jet is actually a pretty great band, and we have to realize, like, why don't I like them? Oh, just because I'm not supposed to. Why don't I like Justin Bieber? Is it because his songs are too catchy and like he's attractive? Like, what is it about? I just don't like him because I'm not supposed to. Yeah, uh, it's my existential struggle. Boy, existential is the word of the day for it me. It really is. Uh, uh, it's my fear of uh, Taylor Swift. I don't like Taylor Swift as a human being, but every time <laughs> I listen to her music. Gosh darn. Yeah. Taylor Swift, I mean, I, Girl I, can write. I said this in, in a thing that we cut out of our super long episode, but I feel like she's the swiper of pop culture. Yeah. Like, cause she just, she has swifted, when she kind of stepped away from country, she just said, I'm just going to do whatever, whatever everybody else is doing. Yeah. And I'm going to ape it. And she, basically she just does that with Beyonce. Um, but then you listen to her stuff and you're like, dang it, this is good. And I don't yeah. want to like it. And I still don't because I don't really like Taylor Swift, but I have to admit like her music's good. Yeah, I've gotten like a couple of the playlists that like both um, a couple of the playlists that, that got put out uh, in response to our mixtape uh, thing. Both had Taylor Swift on it. Yeah. And at first I was like, Ugh. and I listened to it like, dang it. That fits. Yeah, these are, these are good and that's, songs. That's, you know, again, the, the, the kind of wild wheeling around again. Fear of what other people think of us is so huge. Oh, yeah. Like one I of got things, an image. I got a rep. 
One of these things, yeah, right. One of the things I like best about my buddy Ed is uh, when he likes something, he's just in on it. Yeah. And he doesn't care. Ed is disarmingly genuine. Yeah. It's like, it's almost a problem. He had a, what was that Justin Bieber song? Uh, Boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Got it just hit him right. He liked it. And he was like, I don't care that it's Bieber. Yeah. I truly don't. And like that it's a liberating feeling. I remember in college being that with Britney Spears. Yeah. Where it's like, because we listened to Britney Spears ironically. We would play James Bond Goldeneye, which is a like yes. first person shooter. And we would play I may have said this on the on podcast before where we would play it and we would get too angry at each other because it's you're just going killing each other. And so it's like even four player, we get Literally really mad at each other. Doing stuff and to we you. would listen yeah. to like Rage Against the Machine and stuff, which was a terrible idea because it makes you more amped up. And so we'd yeah. get into fights, not actual physical fights, because we were a bunch of nerds playing video games, but right. like we'd get like yelling at each other. And then one time I ironically, this was in the height of Napster, so I'd had like all the stuff from LimeWire that I downloaded. And, yes, and, and all uh, the just viruses that two, came with it. Yeah, well, I, that's why I used LimeWire instead of Kazaa, like <laughs> the getaway. Anyway, uh, I had uh, a bunch of like pop music that, so I played like NSYNC and Britney Spears and stuff, and at first it was like, haha, and then we realized none of us fought when yeah. we listened to that. And then I realized like, I know I'm not supposed to like this, but it's good. It's like, I like candy. Like, so. Yeah. It, it is liberating to get to a point where you're like, I just like this. This Bieber song hits me in the right way. Yep. And I don't need to endorse everything that he is to appreciate this. It's just a good song. Yeah. So, so don't be afraid to like Justin Bieber. Don't be afraid to like Justin. If you take nothing from this podcast today, yeah. Don't be afraid. I to still like can't Justin say Bieber's. don't be afraid to like Taylor Swift because I think she's got a lot of problems. Outside let me tell. Let me tell you what my soft spot is in pop music. Yeah. And I, I was going to call it a guilty pleasure, but in the spirit of what we're talking yeah, about, I just like you it. You don't need to feel guilty about it. Freaking Kesha, man. Oh, Kesha's great. You put Kesha on, I'm I'm dancing. Her newer stuff I haven't really gotten into as much because I like the dancey thing. Yeah, like, her newer stuff is okay, but it's, I really like like uh, 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 Die Young. Oh man, yeah, so good. Oh man, that song. I, I'm I'm on the floor. <laughs> When that's like goes on, there was that sweet spot in Kesha's Kesha's career, uh, and I Kesha's an interesting person. I oh. don't have time to talk about. Yeah, boy, she's had a hard story. No kidding. Uh, yeah, I uh, what I don't know what I don't have a guilty my guilty pleasure. Again, that's not a great thing because it it implies that you should feel you bad shouldn't about it. like it. Yeah, but my thing that I mean I think I said I really like John Denver. Yeah, man. Uh, I really like, I got real into Yacht Rock, kind of the 70s AM gold kind of stuff, uh, mainly because of uh, this podcast that I listened to that talked about it. That they talked about it ironically, but then you start to realize like, oh, this stuff's actually, it's, it's, there's some deep instrumentation going on here that's yeah. like impressive, whether or not, like what they're making out of it's not that impressive, but boy, it took a whole lot of effort to do this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so don't be afraid mm. to be afraid. Yes. And recognize that, that fear, um, Fear comes from a very human place, yeah, and that that God is, um, God, and, God, God deals with our fear, and and I mean one of the the biggest uh, to to get to your reverent thing, I always think of that fear in the Bible of like fear of the Grand Canyon, yeah. So you go to the Grand Canyon if you've ever been there. Um, oh man, I had this at Niagara Falls. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. So a giant thing like that you stand close to it and it feel you're scared. Yes. But not scared that like, oh no, it's gonna come eat me. Or like so that you but you're just aware of the enormity of, of creation. Yeah. And your your tininess. There was a, I was Sarah and I went to Niagara Falls and there's a spot you can stand right next to the falls. Yeah. And like there's a little railing that would do nothing if you yeah. tripped and fell. Yeah. It's but a Superman two railing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Um but I was standing there and um you could feel the concrete shaking under yep. my feet. Yep. 
from the force of the waterfall going over. And A, same thing. I was like afraid-ish, reverent-ish. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing I thought was the, is I was locked in. Yeah. Like Sarah was like, do you want to go somewhere else and do something else? I was like, no. Yeah. I need to be here a little and bit longer. And that to me is that that's the roller coaster feeling. Yeah. Where you're like, I know that this is scary, but I want it. Yeah. Like that kind of, uh, and, and something about being drawn to something that, that reminds you that, that you could just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that, uh, uh, I think at some point we need to actually really unpack the, the book of Job, oh, like in, boy. in time. But, uh, one of the biggest things, in the book of Job is it kind of ends with Job saying, why is this happening? And God basically yells at him for two chapters yeah. in a way that is not fair <laughs> to be frank. Yeah. A little bit beaten uh, up on yeah. Job. Yeah. But just to say like, grow up Job what are you so worried about you know all the worst stuff in the world i made all that stuff yeah and you know what's more powerful than that stuff me Me. so none of this stuff can ultimately hurt you yeah so don't be afraid you'll be okay i've got you yeah and then it ends the real ending of job not the happy ending kind of dream at the end but the the real ending is just kind of uh job saying oh man i never thought about that that way before yeah and uh i take comfort in the midst of my suffering that yeah. you, that you're still here. Well, that's again, the, the power of the Gethsemane story is not even that God recognizes our fear, not even that God is aware of our fear, but God is in Christ intimately familiar with our yeah. fear. Um, Knows exactly what, and, and it's that suffering of, of not of, of anticipating what's coming and not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. That, there is a, as Paul puts it, this self-emptying that Christ must do. It's like, well, if if God, Christ knows what's going to happen, but to fully experience the human emotion, he kind of doesn't yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah. he, he's kind of saying, like, can we do anything else? Like, I know that this is going to be rough, and I really, I really don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. And if, if that scene's not in there, uh, if that part of the Bible is, and it's in, I think, all four of the Gospels, the, the, right. the, the Gethsemane part, um, boy, we would have a very different story. That's yeah. the linchpin of the whole of the whole incarnation yeah. is is Jesus fully experiencing God knowing what it's like to be afraid. This is fun because we are recording this today. It will come out this afternoon. Yes. So we this is as close to a live Q&A Twitter question as oh, I can yeah. come up with. Yeah, like, respond to it. We today. will probably like be watching Twitter and stuff. Yeah. I've got youth group tonight. Let me tell you something. I have young kids tonight. Like, I, we have a kids' gym tonight. I have, this is the best night of the year in youth group because oh, it's fall. Yeah. And across the street from our church, I'm pointing for all the people at home. Yeah. Uh, across the street from our church is a farm, a literal farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the called Gilfillan Farm. And every year on this night, the second Wednesday in October, we go across the street and we do youth group outside at the farm. Oh, nice. Complete with hot apple cider and football, like I have, flag football. I have and, a highly, uh, th- an awesome game that I would recommend. Yeah. Very simple game. And you can do this at a farm because you get, so you get a pumpkin. Yeah. We play, we, uh, pumpkin ball. And so you play ultimate frisbee style, uh-huh. basically where you're passing the thing and you, you pass the pumpkin down. And as soon, whenever the pumpkin drops, when it breaks, you continue to play with the larger chunk of the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> and then you keep going until you're just playing with it. And it, the game it. gets different because then you're really hucking it. Yeah. And, and a pumpkin is great because it's gross, but not super gross. Yeah. Like you don't get all sticky and slimy, but, and people like initially like, ew, but then they get really into it. And <laughs> it's a great game. We play, uh, are you familiar with Chubba Chubba Can Can, the game? Chubba Chubba Can Can, everybody holds hands. No, no, I'm not. In a circle. 
and there's a can in the middle, and, and, and like a garbage can. And you chop it, chop out the can? Yeah. Okay. And you say go, and you are out in one of two ways. If you break hands with the person next to you, you're both out. Oh, if or if they make you touch the can. Or if they make you touch the can. Yeah, here. I have played this, but not called it chop, yeah. chop a can, can. Again, Ed Sutter. Youth ministers are so weird. We really are. Yeah. We are a special breed. As evidenced by Ed Sutter came up with Chubba Chubba Fall Stew. Where instead, stew in the middle? instead of a can, it's a kiddie pool, uh, and we fill it with all the essential oh, fall gross. stuff. Oh, so, no. uh, dead leaves, uh. Uh, pumpkin guts, uh, pumpkin spice lattes, uh, pumpkin pie, uh, canned pumpkin pie. It's terrible. You guys lean into the gross aspect of youth ministry yeah. on levels that I, I was never, I, that was the one kind of, I swore off that, that I didn't go down that street. Yeah. Uh, the grossest I get is throwing a pumpkin around. Yeah, I but, like the gross. I, but the gross is fun to watch other people do. I don't like being part of it because then, yeah. then you got to deal. With, then your your night is changed. Yes, and it might ruin your shoes. Like that's one thing. I can I can fall in on my pants. Yeah. If I have a if I have a you don't um, want to wreck the boo shoes. Shoe, <laughs> pumpkin space shoe like that. Yeah, that's always be part of it. So your anyway, wallet's always gonna smell like baked beans. Oh, it's so true. It's just baked in. Uh, so while I'm playing Chubba Chubba Falls Do, I would like you, the dear listeners, to answer this question. Yes, yes. Uh, what are your biggest fears? And I, I, not the, uh, you know, snakes and clowns and stuff like that. What are the reverent fears? The standing next to the Grand Canyon or oh, yeah. standing next to the, uh, the, uh, the what do I what do call it? Niagara Falls. Yeah. Oh, my brain turned off So when is there. the time that you've been most aware of your smallness? Yeah. And yes. not in a depressing kind of I'm worthless way, because we're not talking about that. Yeah. We are, this is not, and that's a whole other fear of, of importance, but like when have you been aware uh, that there's something, that the world is a whole lot bigger, yeah. the universe is bigger, that God is, in a sense, you're having a presence of something bigger than you. Yep. So at Rough the Pastor on the tweet machine, roughing the pastor on Instagram. Yeah. We will pay very close attention to both those accounts tonight. Absolutely. Uh, during the fall stew. All right. Well, uh, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And uh, I'm afraid to say that this has been Roughing, roughing the, the Pastor. pastor. Oh. <laughs>